the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. As long as it has something to do with finances and investing. The huge home gains that we've seen recently are expected to moderate as supply increases. So as... A simple measure of understanding how to invest. I live in a area where we used to have a racetrack for horses, and it's kind of a throwback era concept. They shut down racetrack so they could put in condos. That's bad for my real estate value because real estate is about land and location. The more land you have, that's the value. My home that I have that's worth, quote-unquote, a million dollars, it's really $700,000 low and $300,000 of house. So I only insure $300,000 of house because my land will still be land. If there's an earthquake and my land gets swallowed up, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But that's not very likely, per se. So historically, low inventories have caused bidding wars in a lot of markets. I've got some friends who are looking for a house down in the Los Angeles area that they're priced out because too many people are bidding on too few homes. That'll change as the higher prices have put more homes on the market for sale. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Today I'm going to talk with an economist. Today, ironically or not ironically, is Fed Reserve Meeting Day. Don't fear the Fed, right? Or maybe we should fear the Fed, is the thought. What are they going to say? A lot of expectations are that they're going to talk a little more tapering. Now you can say, stop teasing us. Just, just stop buying mortgage debt if you want to stop buying mortgage debt. At 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern, 
the Fed's statement's going to lead to what I refer to as an amateur hour. Then the Fed's going to start taking Q&A shortly thereafter. And you're going to see trading through the wazoo. A lot of people are going to change their bets. I think the Fed has told the markets that their next step is to taper buying of debt. And then they're going to stop the whole quantitative easing process altogether and start raising interest rates. Will it happen this year? I think the tapering will happen later this year, early next year. Probably later this year. It's not going to happen in this meeting. When they started quantitative easing, they said, we're looking for an improvement in jobs. Now, I can talk to two people today, and they'll say, we've seen an improvement in jobs. Some will say, it's kind of weak. Both are right. We would like to see more jobs created in the United States. And the Fed probably will side with the conservative side and keep things low. So the market numbers that I give right now mean nothing. Because it's more so about the last trade today, early trade tomorrow, when things have been figured out on what the Fed's doing or not doing. You know, I could talk about FedEx, great earnings, awful revenue, awful projections going forward. All very, 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 very true. Like, there's no denying that. Global investors are on hold until this happens. Right now, the central bank is spending $85 billion a month buying mortgage-backed securities, keeping lending for homeowners really low. But also, who else buys mortgages? Professional investors who have been buying these homes, and also real estate investment trusts. So part of what the Fed wants to do is keep things normalized. And part of what they can do is explain to us what they're going to be doing. Now, some of us want, like, don't even tell us. Don't even tell us. Just do it. Just do it. I'll do whatever I want, Napoleon. Sweet. So I think they've done a very good job of telling professional people, we're going to raise interest rates. Now, that doesn't mean you, the... Yahoo engineer or the Google employee is hearing the Fed because let's face it, the Federal Reserve, talking to the Federal Reserve is like talking about watching paint, people paint, paint dry. It's like dull. It's not sexy. Dish Network's not going to raise its bid for Sprint Nextel. That's kind of sexy. But they're going to focus its efforts on buying Clearwire, which Sprint is also trying to accomplish. Adobe Systems reported profit of 36 cents a share. That's sexy. Software maker. Projections fell largely below consensus. It's continuing to transition from pay per customer to a subscription model. I use Adobe Audition to edit my show, and the idea of a subscription pisses me off, so I'm going to delay as long as I could. Con, and then I'm going to look at alternatives. So Adobe won't get my repeat business that I used to give them for buying the software that I owned. Now buying a subscription to said software, just it angers me. But will I go for it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know yet. Alcatel Lucent CEO unveiled a plan that cuts a billion euros per year in costs. Focus on networking products and high-speed broadband. 
Does anyone care about Alcatel Lucent anymore? Smithfield CEO Larry Pope, he could receive $46.6 million as part of a pork producer's deal to be bought by China Shanghai. That's a pretty sweet deal. We bought your company. Now go away. Boeing won an order for 30 of its new 737 MAX 8 jets from aircraft leasing company CIT Aerospace. The jet is fuel efficient for shorter trips. What's interesting to note that airlines around the world want the new Boeing product because it's cheaper to fly. It's a good position to be in. All airlines want to offer the fair teeter-totter of fair versus value. Airline fair, not F-A-R-E, not F-A-I-R-I-R-R-R-R. Um, anyway, it's all about the Fed today. There's no way for me to hide that, to deny it, to sugarcoat it. Stay tuned, because things are going to change today in a few hours. S&P 500 is down 2. Dow down 27. The NASDAQ down 1. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm going to be hosting the CFP Chad Burton Show today from 1 to 2, so you get three hours of me today. If you want to hear what I have to say about the Fed transaction, tune in today at 1 p.m. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM title Charlie Sheen's FX series Anger Management is becoming increasingly ironic. He gets into a spat with Selma Blair because she got into his face or his grill, so to speak, by talking about his work ethic wasn't that great with the producers. The producers leaked that to Charlie, and the next thing you know, he's you know, trashing her, and she's fired. Winning. The drama began when she who played his colleague and sometimes love interest, reportedly bad-talked Sheen's work ethic. This story has to do with what in the stock market? Hmm. First of all, he's a brat. And 
he was adamant that she leave the show, and basically money walks, money talks, right? If you're going to walk the walk, talk the talk, um, she's considered a pretty good actress, I suppose. He said to make between 75 and $200 million for completing the 100-episode order of anger management, depending on how well it does or doesn't do in syndication. There's 60 episodes left to produce. Sheen was famously or infamously fired from Two and a Half Men after an argument with the showrunner, Chuck Lorre, in 2011. This is tied towards FX, tied towards, you know, the whole NBC Universal family, CBS, Disney, all have stakes in cable channels. Like, when the show Queer Eye for the Straight Guy came out, America wasn't ready for a show about homosexual men, you know, raiding other people's lifestyle from clothes to their apartments. So NBC couldn't put it on, but they're like, let's put it on Bravo. FX is, you know, no one wants to hire Charlie Sheen to do it in ABC, CBS, NBC show. He's considered too far out there. Or too much of a liability to you know, do a lot of cocaine and trash a hotel. So you fire Selma Blair. And again, this comes to me as a lesson of you know, careers are short. You ultimately work from age 20 to 60. In acting and athletes, it's even shorter. Don't rock the boat. I think she knew she was signing on to work with a psychopath. I'm really surprised that she went to management and said he's a psychopath. Call me crazy. I'm not saying that she got what she deserved, but it is weird that this has played out the way it has played out. And to do it via text shows you we really are in the 21st century. Um, So be careful with your Facebook post page. Be careful with your drunk dialing. You're drunk texting. Um, I don't know. I don't put a lot about my personal life online. I don't want my workers or coworkers to have something to use against me or to, you know. Here's my fabulous vacation at a five-star resort. Something to be resentful towards. SP 500's down fractions. The Dow's down seven. The Nasdaq's up one. Fed statement's going to lead towards massive trading differences. If they keep things as they are, maybe defenseless names like GE and Nike and, you know, maybe the utilities and telecoms, AT&Ts and the Verizons do well because low interest rates basically means you're not rewarded as an investor for saving. You know, all one has to do is listen to Warren Buffett to know that cash is trash. And you should know that, too, because of low interest rates. Anything that's left in cash, your real rate of return is negative due to inflation. You can't sit in cash. It's really not an investment. It's the worst investment if you refer to it as investment. To me, it's pretty self-evident. 
Stocks from 1926 to 2012 returned 9.8%. After inflation, 6.7%. After taxes, inflation, 4.5%. Bonds, since 1926 through 2012, returned 5.4% historically. After inflation, 2.3%. After taxes and inflation, 0.6 tenths of a percent. Cash historically has returned 3.5%. After inflation, half of 1%. And after taxes and inflation, negative 8 tenths of a percent. So you know this, and I know this. And yet, are we willing to put our money where our mouth is and say, I shouldn't keep money in cash? Bonds are very, very questionable for a long period of time. The only thing that beats inflation and taxes are stocks. Yes, you could potentially time buying real estate perfectly. But don't forget when you buy real estate, you're either putting a lump sum of money in that underperforms inflation or you're averaging in on a monthly basis with a mortgage. And if you put that same down payment on the stock market and that same monthly payment in the stock market, you'd be better off historically in the long term than you would be in real estate. I think the market's going to start to shift here. It started with the Fed basically saying, you know, we're thinking about doing something called tapering. Uh, What the hell is tapering? Well, tapering is cutting back on the buying of debt. And since the Fed basically made that statement, the stock market has been down roughly 1% from its record high. I wouldn't be surprised if we go lower, another 4 to 9%. Because ultimately, our weapon of choice in the stock market has been defensive. And as people say, you know, wait, 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 wait. If I'm going to get a better return in bonds because they raise the interest rates, or if I won't get the cheap money for real estate, then I'm going to go to cash or I'm going to put it elsewhere. So some of the things that have worked are going to stop working. They've already stopped working. How far and how low will it go? I like corrections. I think they're normal and healthy, so I'm not worried. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. ADOW. Who are the winners and losers on Wall You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Make certain that you support shows that you like. Whether it's coming out to seminars or dropping an email. Whether it's becoming a client of a firm. Consider supporting them because otherwise they go away. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Financially speaking, senators are urging scrutiny of American Airlines and the United U.S. Airways merger. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. 
I seriously just don't care. But one thing you could note under the Obama administration is that there's been a lot of mergers and acquisitions that haven't gotten a lot of scrutiny. Why do I throw this in your general direction? Because you would think that he, being a Democrat, would be not pro-business because Republicans are known to be pro-business. So I like a little scrutiny because I like cheaper airfares. I'd prefer that they compete with each other versus basically becoming an oligopoly, a duopoly, a monopoly. You know, whether it's eight companies, six companies, four companies, two companies, one company, I prefer more. Flying isn't cheap anymore. Flying used to be relatively cheap, but comparatively, we've seen a lot of wage and, uh, you know, fare inflation there. So just throwing it out there for you. And again, not really Republican or Democrat. Another thing that I'll throw out there for you is student loan debt nearly doubles in the last five years. And again, how long have we had a president? Five years. Student loan debt has nearly doubled in the past five years. Pinched potential risk to our economy. A massive risk to our economy. Student loans increased from $550 billion in debt in 2007 to just under $1 trillion. Two-thirds of recent college graduates have student loans with an average balance of $27,000. New borrowers can face additional costs in the higher education pursuits. Unless Congress acts to keep interest rates for federally subsidized Stafford loans from doubling from 3.4% to 6.8% starting July 1. If you maximize your borrowing on these loans... That's going to increase the cost of your college education by $4,500. Once the government got into offering loans for students, colleges started charging more. It's one of the oldest games around. If the government's going to pay for something, like a toilet, let's charge an egregious amount for a toilet or a hammer. You've heard these stories your whole life tied towards the Pentagon getting taken advantage of by outside contractors. This time, the outside contractor just happens to be a university. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Particularly speaking, you know, money angles, I prefer, no doubt about it. Let's take a look at the market numbers today, see how we're doing. It's a Fed day, which basically means the Federal Reserve is going to report later today what they're doing. As far as short-term with interest rates, short-term with purchasing government debt. Fed statement could lead to a change in the market today. I expect it will. S&P 500 down 1, the Dow down 10, the NASDAQ up fractions. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is with newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk about prepaying a mortgage, Chad. You've recently had some new concepts that you want to add to this argument. Well, it's it's really only new for people that are close to or in retirement. Okay. Um, for younger people, I don't think you should prepay your mortgage at all, um, especially if you have not maxed out your IRAs, your 401ks, your Roths, because 
look, if you, your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you owe on it. Right. So if you have an extra dollar, if you put that extra dollar into your 401k, the entire dollar goes to work in investments for you. If you take that dollar home, you'll pay taxes on it. You only have 70 cents to left, left over to prepay your mortgage. And again, what difference does it make? Because if you can afford your mortgage, your house is going to go up and down in value no matter what. So maximize your investments. Maximize your 401ks, your Roths. You know, save. Make sure you build a large portfolio. People, 30s, 40s, and even most of the time in the 50s should not make extra payments on their mortgage. Where it changes a little bit is certain circumstances in retirement where people are saying, I've got cash that really needs to be safe, like in CDs yeah. or in shorter duration bonds. What, what do I do with it? Can I beat, you know, I've refinanced my home. I've got a 30-year at you know under 4%. Can I beat that with safe money out there? And that's really tough to do. It's really tough to do in this environment. So it makes it a tougher decision. Here's where it's not a tough decision, though. Okay. I've had this email question before from my listeners, your listeners, mostly yours. Let's <laughs> say, should I pull? My mortgage is only $100,000. Should I pull $100,000 out of my IRA and pay it off? Well, that's the worst idea you could ever think of. Why is that? Well, if you pull $100,000. I, I can come up with worse ideas. <laughs> this is a pretty bad one, though. Because if you have 100000 in your IRA, you have to pay taxes on a lot of money. So you're going to lose 35% of it at least, right? Sure. So that doesn't make sense. But it, let's say you're a retiree and you've refinanced or your your interest rate's really low, you're not getting much of a tax deduction, or let's say you're 15 years into a 30-year loan and you're no longer getting much of a tax deduction for it, and you've got cash, or you've got a large gain in your bond portfolio and you like to peel some of those gains off, it might make sense for you to pay off that mortgage as long as you can still itemize your deductions because bonds are at historically low rates. And part of that is because of operation twist, quantitative easing, those types of things. Eventually, they'll end. Rates will rise. But for some, Rob, it's even an emotional decision that just makes them feel good to be able to be retired and not have a mortgage payment. And sometimes those emotional decisions are a lot more important than maximizing every dollar. Um, so I, and if you've got extra cash, let's say you inherited it, let's say severance pay something, and that cash is either going to go into bonds or pay off a mortgage – um, it's it's a it's a very careful consideration. You got to really study the tax return, run an analysis. If you can still itemize your deductions after you pay off your mortgage, it might be something worth looking into. With that said, different people have different images and thoughts on mortgages. My mom has a mortgage. She's seventy five plus years old. Mm-hmm. I have a mortgage. One of the first things I learned in the business is we're always going to have debt. Just get used to it. Just make sure that you can service it is probably the primary issue. Right. Credit card debt, bad, no doubt about it. 18% credit card debt, bad, get rid of it. But mortgage debt's good debt. It's low-cost money. Well, it's, it's great. I mean, the, the reason why you and I both like and own real estate is because mortgage is a useful tool to leverage, get into a property, have somebody else pay for you to rent if, they, yeah. if they're renting. Um, so it's a way for other people to build up your wealth for you. Uh, same thing with a house. Um, the problem is, is that when you get to retirement, and you have limited assets. You're, you know, a lot of people are retiring without enough money, so it becomes a situation of should you pay it off, or maybe you should do a reverse mortgage and have the reverse mortgage pay it off if you haven't saved enough, um, or maybe you should just move and go rent somewhere really cheap that doesn't have state income taxes. You, you've really got to look at all the situations and, and and find the thing that makes most sense for you. That's a cliche thing to say. Yeah. 
But it's hard to tell people, yes, when you're 60, pay off your mortgage. That doesn't work for everybody. And I'll add a little color to that is I think it, it's very helpful if you have a professional like a CPA or a CFP help you with determining if it's appropriate or not because doing it yourself, you miss big pictures. You miss big concepts at times. Yep. And a lot of people think their mortgage is a great tax deduction. But, again, if you're a long ways into your mortgage, it's mostly principal, and it's no longer much of a tax deduction. It could just be a cash outflow. I'm with you. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things that I like to do on this show is to bring up arguments. Arguments don't mean we disagree and hate each other. Arguments mean A plus B equals C. It doesn't have to be bitter. Los Angeles was once considered the iconic American car city. A one-family car, combustion engine, gas-powered concept. That's under assault now with electric cars, electric bicycles, hybrids, alternatives, light rail, car sharing plans, Avis, Budget Group recently bought Zipcar. And you don't need a car anymore. You don't have to own a car anymore. If you live in a neighborhood where you can walk and get stuff done, you've lived near public transportation where you can get to work. So the next 10 years are going to be very important to the auto industry because people under the age of 30, they don't want to be saddled with, with car debt. Am I predicting the end of the automobile? No way. Do I think that we will share cars in the future? I could imagine that day. Not widespread, not pervasive, not anything like that. But Americans are in pace to buy at least 15 million new cars this year for the first time since 2007. I think we have to question concepts. I don't want to pay off my home. That's a question, I've con- uh, that's a question that I've been asking you. Why do you want to pay off your home? Why do you want to have a depreciating asset in equity? It depreciates versus the value of inflation. Anything that's paid off. The home goes up or down in value no matter what. It's not the home that I'm questioning. It's the equity inside the home that I'm questioning. You have to ask tough questions. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. In a defining moment of my life, I could finally watch Game of Thrones, Sex in the City, The Sopranos. And much, much more on my Apple TV. Streaming apps HBO Go and Watch ESPN can now be used on Apple TV. The streaming set-top box from Apple 
can already stream, you know, content from services like Netflix, Hulu, their own video library, iTunes. But HBO Go has been one of the most requested apps. Apple is in the unenviable position of eating its own lunch. Lunch is great, but when you have to eat your own lunch, it's not so great. Remember the days in childhood where you'd be at the cafeteria and someone would give you their jello because they don't like jello? And you're like, that's great, other people's jello. So Apple, which makes a nice amount of money off iTunes, because you would go there and you'd say, you know what? I kind of watch, want to watch this Game of Thrones things I hear about. I'm going to buy a whole season. And Time Warner, which is owned by Time Warner. They own HBO. They'd make a little bit of money. But now Time Warner, which owns HBO, says if you have a subscriber service with cable or satellite, we'll let you watch it on your Apple product. That kills Apple because Apple wants to sell you the season because now suddenly they're just letting you use their device to watch stuff. It's one of the greatest and one of the worst things to ever happen to Apple. It makes their product a little bit more loved. Creates a stickiness to it. But again, they're going to lose some cash out of that. So you know. Other big stories that I'm working on today, and I know you're saying Apple TV and HBO is a big story. I just may. This is Wall Street that's looking for a reason to sell. There's bulls and there's bears. There's people who want things to go higher. There's people that want things to go lower. The Fed chairman is going to say something today. Whether he's going to use the word taper, fine of debt, or he'll say, you know, we're not tapering yet. The bears are going to say, look, if he's not tapering yet, the economy must really stink. You should sell stocks. They've had an enormous run, and they can't stand on their own. They need the Fed. If the Fed starts to taper, the bears are going to come out, the people on the market to go lower, who just had comment negative of why they didn't taper. Now, if they do taper, the bears are going to come out and say, well, the end of the free money is out there. It's gone. It's off the table. They win both ways. So I expect negative sentiment to come out of it. Because we've all known for such a long period of time about cheap money. Now we're getting closer to, you know, ultra-cheap money becoming cheap money. So the rules are going to change a little bit. When you change the rules a little bit, you change the game a lot. If I were to say, you know, in football now, all you got to do is touch the running back instead of tackle the running back. But every other rule is fine. You'd be like, well, that game just changed for the sucky worst. So that's going to happen with Wall Street, too. So be ready for it. Be comfortable with it. Don't be a hater. The Fed Open Market Committee's policy statement expected at 11 a.m. this morning. Then you get Chairman Ben Bernanke talking at 11.30. Weakness day is seen in telecommunications and financials. One is a growth sector. One is defensive sector. So do you see how we lose either way? 
It's like that conversation with a girlfriend that comes in and says, we need to talk. Well, you lo- you've lost, dude. <laughs> you know? She's either going to say, you need to start being cleaner, otherwise I'm out of here, or she's going to say, I'm out of here. So you've lost both ways. I'm pity the fool. That's what I see happening on Wall Street. I think we're due for a correction, and we'll use whatever excuse we can to correct. Now, again, that's a prediction, and I don't make predictions. I'm not in the business of predictions. I'm not in the business of telling what's going to happen in the short term. Let's take it all as a grain of salt. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I'm going to be sitting in for CFP Chad Burton today, tomorrow, and Friday from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. BlackBerry is getting downgraded on very weak BlackBerry 10 traction. Did anyone really think that company was going to be around for the long term, that we needed them? No, we don't need any company. Tech stocks were rentals. They're not investments. They're rentals. Sheldon and Adelson, he's an owner of casinos. He's saying online gambling is a fool's gold. Okay, so we already know he's got a bias, right? He owns casinos. He doesn't want you to go online and gamble. But he's urging Congress to you know, make online gambling illegal. Do you really want to lose your house on a click? He says, additionally, I encourage greater enforcement of laws currently prohibiting offshore Internet gaming companies from engaging in transactions with U.S. citizens. He says, critics will claim that I have ulterior motives in talking such a strong talk. They'll say I'm afraid to compete for this business. He says, our brands like the Venetians, we would be very effective competitors in this marketplace. He said, I've started 50 successful businesses in my lifetime. And he doesn't want you to online gamble. He doesn't want to get in there. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street business. And I just called. Son of God. Log on to Jesus.org. That's insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Show dedicated to you and your retirement. I'm going to be speaking with economists. Dr. Jeff Rosen, a little later this hour. Stay tuned for that. Take a look at the market numbers. Here's the S&P 500 down two. The Dow Jones National Average down 19. The Nasdaq down two. 
Ten-year Treasury sits at two point one eight percent. Gold sits at five bucks up, thirteen seventy-two. Oil ninety-eight dollars a barrel. It's Fed Statement Day. It's a Fed Reserve Policy Meet Meeting Committee interview. Ben Bernanke. Some people think he was fired on the spot the other day when Obama was asked what he thought about Ben Bernanke's tenure, and he said basically he stayed longer than he should have. Or wanted to. And there's been some backpedaling from that statement. But who's going to be the next Fed governor? Fed leader, Fed Reserve policy. Who's going to be the next king of banks? That's what Wall Street's focusing in on. So again, SP 500 down one, NASDAQ down 19, NASDAQ, uh, NASDAQ down two, Dow down 19. Everything's going to change in, in, at when the Fed meeting comes out, when the notes come out. So why am I even reporting these numbers? I probably shouldn't. It's probably inane. Taking a look at some of the other business stories out there today, it's probably a little bit more you know, helpful. You're seeing things along the lines of Nickelodeon resisting critics on running ads for for junk food. Okay. As a parent, you're like, that's horrible. My kids don't really need to see junk food ads. They don't really need tricks and cocoa puffs. As an investor in Viacom, you might be like, well, sweet. They're going to continue to make as much money as they possibly can. The Nickelodeon's third biggest advertising category is junk food. It's 18% of their sales. They're going out and saying it's up to parents and scientists to talk about junk food and not us. We are here to entertain children with SpongeBob SquarePants. Advertisers spend roughly $950 million annually on televised, tailored to children under 12 advertisements. Number of food ads up 16% in the first quarter of this year versus the same quarter last year. So, Viacom has some lobbyists, and they don't want to be told what to do as far as who they could sell sponsors to. I work for Salem Broadcasting. They're known for being a Christian-based company. They're not going to start taking advertisements from crack dealers. That's their prerogative. Clear Channel will take ads from crack dealers. Let me retract that statement before it gets put in a serious tone. Clear Channel will take advertisers, any advertisers. They're much oh, no, no. Clear Channel is much more open about who they're going to take advertisements from. So Nickelodeon's a big story. Again, you're not talking about chump change here. You're talking about real money. And I wish I could be flip about this story, but it's defining our society on some levels. SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my. Company that I interviewed not too long ago on this very show, a company called Fab.com, continues to rocket in the venture capital world, setting up an IPO. 
Fab.com takes online shopping to another level. And you're going to start seeing this story more and more. Of, I want to buy my wife jewelry, but I don't have a lot of design sense. So a company like Fab.com does the shopping for you, finds product and puts it in front of you. and says, this is cool, it's fabulous. That's kind of interesting, right? Are you with me a little bit on that's kind of interesting? I hope you are. Because you're going to see more and more copycats on that line, along those, that, that track. Take a look at the market today. Fed Open Market Policy Committee meeting today, 11 o'clock Pacific time. Anything that I say before then could get rewritten. Major averages continue to hover near their lows for the day. GE's lower. Defense companies are lagging. Industrial sector, lagging. Growth sector, lagging. I said this in my last segment. No matter what the Fed does, it's likely to be greeted with the market saying, well, I didn't like that. Either the end of ultra-cheap money, becoming cheap money, how will companies survive? How will people buy houses? Why did you crash the, the housing market again to keeping things there? Like, man, no one, no one has a job. This is a horrible economy. You've got to keep things cheap. And the bull's case is a little bit weaker because the stock market's rallied so much in the last six months. The bulls will go, well, cheap money's cheap money, but it's been cheap money for three years. But it is still cheap money. Or, look, a rise in the economy. Jobs are picking up. Therefore, they're going to go out and spend. Now, that's the story we're going to shift into, but I don't think people are ready for accepting that yet. Anyhow, the EU antitrust regulators have levied a total of $195 million in penalties for what they say drug companies are delaying generics trying to block less expensive generic versions of their popular drugs. Now, in this case, it was tied towards antidepressants. It is a bit of a damnation game. Pharmaceutical companies spend millions and millions and millions of dollars coming up with pharmaceuticals. They do the research and development. Sometimes it doesn't work. So, trying to block a less expensive generic antidepressant, the European Union is like, you know what? We're going to slap fines on all these companies. Because all these companies are ultimately blocking it to try to keep their antidepressants on the market as long as possible. Johnson Johnson and Novartis are being called colluding to delay the availability of a powerful pain relief medication, fentanyl. So, Novartis is in the suit. I don't know, it's just an interesting note, right? You totally get both sides of the, the argument. Get your calls in the air. 
questions. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Here's Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Market each weekday with Rob's Morning Market. What it's going to be like and whether or not they're selling off their portfolio. It's going to be tough and that person does have to be able to communicate to Wall Street. So right now stocks little changed with the Dow Jones Industrial Average down. Pablo Sandoval. The obese third baseman, the big panda. 2012 Major League Baseball World Series MVP. Has signed on to endorse Fantasy Aces. Partnership. It's going to endorse one of the website's fantasy baseball contests. In a press release, a substantial portion of the profit from the contest will be donated to the FBI National Child ID Program, a charity that's important to Pablo Sandoval. Long story short, Major League Baseball is going to be very scrutinous of this because contests which pull in money. They're not getting a piece of that action, and they see it as gambling. Is gambling fantasy on a daily basis bad or good? Will Congress tell us or not? Long story short, it just goes to show you, like, sometimes even when you think you're trying to do something good, someone's going to stop you from doing it. And maybe good isn't as good as you think it is anymore. God, I hate the fact that I work in this world of of just so much gray. It's not black and white, but it is beautiful. I know you're saying, you're the only person in the world who thinks gray is beautiful. I do. I live in that area. The SP 500's down one, the Dow's down six, and NASDAQ's down fractions. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, one of the big issues in retirement is knowing your sources of income. We all know Social Security is going to be there, but what other sources of income might we have? Well, it's going to come from, you're going to have a balanced portfolio, hopefully, so you have stocks and bonds in that, in terms of funds and ETFs. Bonds pay interest, stocks pay dividends. If you're going to be buying individual stocks in retirement, I'm a fan of stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend, because when the market's bad, if you have three out of ten years that are negative and your stock portfolio is down, you can still have income that's up. Right. So that's very important. But you still want going into retirement. You want you know, 20 to 40% of your income, uh-huh. especially if you think you're going to live a long time and you have longevity in your family. Sure. You want you know, 20 to 40% minimum in guaranteed lifetime income and okay. like, like replacing what pensions used to be there for. For your parents, they used to have pensions. Right. We and don't. We don't. But you can do your own personal pensions. And even if you have it, so you basically are turning your portfolio that you've created from age 20 to 60 into a pension. Yeah. You kind of start thinking, I have to annuitize this. It has to last till the day I die. Yeah. So, you know, I use a strategy where I have three years' worth of expenses, a balanced portfolio, a stock portfolio. But I also use, um, in, off, in many cases, right now bonds are a very tough thing to invest in because their prices are at an all-time high, yields are at an all-time low. I'm not seeing inflation, so I'm not scared of bonds right now. Okay. But eventually we'll have to switch. So if you're trying to say, what's a bond alternative? where I can still get 5% or more over my lifetime out of my bond portfolio. There are certain no-load insurance products that can give you that type of, a, of, of an income where you can invest in a balanced portfolio and the insurance company will guarantee 
you know, five to seven percent income for the rest of your life. These products used to be awful because they used to be in annuities that had back end surrender charges, you know, three and a half percent fees inside of them. Now there's no load versions of it. Right. And there's also standalone insurance products now that will insure a portfolio for lifetime income, which is okay on a bond alternative. And and so you can you have an overall strategy and then you might have some bond alternatives in your portfolio that have guaranteed lifetime so that with your social security and some of those alternative uh, income investments, you have a portion that if you live till 100 and the market doesn't do well, you still have income, and that's important. As a certified financial planner, how often do people come into your office without enough retirement thinking they had enough retirement? I would say probably 50% of the time. And the reason why is because they're not thinking about health insurance costs. They're not thinking about long-term care. They're not realizing that, you know, inflation. Yeah. I mean, every about 18 years, you're, you're, you know, dollars cut in half with inflation. And is that the, you know how there's the, seven, the rule of 72? Yeah. Money doubles every seven years, something right. like that. So you divide 72 by the expected rate of return. Yeah. And that's how long it takes to double. It's the same thing. If inflation so is running up at 3%, then okay. it's going to take 18 to 20 years for the, for the opposite of that to happen, for the dollar to cut in half. So you, you have to increase, um, you know, you're, you have to have a very detailed income statement that shows your long-term projection with average expenses growing at least 3%, but your health care costs growing at 5 to 6% a year. Anything that we need to know on a final thought? Well, again, when you're, when you're looking at some of the products that are out there, be aware of who's showing you the products. If they're insurance people that get paid a commission or if they're working at a big firm or a bank that get paid a commission – the product might sound good, but you can get no-load versions of that product with much, much lower fees. So make sure you're working with a fiduciary that has your best interest in mind rather than somebody that's working on a commission and has to get paid by selling you something. I've been talking with CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. George Zimmer, Men's Warehouse. Suit guy guy we've seen in the commercials for years and years and years, got fired. We don't know why. No reason for the dismissal. It's a Fremont-based chain. He was founder of the company in 1973. 1,100-plus stores in the United States. Stock up 30% last year. His tag phrase, you're going to love the way you look, I guarantee it. Once again, showing us that Wall Street is about product. Wall Street is about leadership. Anytime you pick a company, you need to know the product, you need to know the leaders, the CEO, the CFO, the board of directors. They're going to hold a conference call to talk about their board of directors as well as why he was late, why he is leaving the company. It'll be interesting, right? Did you do something naughty? Did he do something criminal? Did he suffer a loss in his family that he wants out of the business? We'll find out. That's the nice thing about being a publicly traded company is they tend to tell us what's going on. Now, again, sometimes they delay it. I have a shoot first, ask questions later kind of mentality. Anytime a CFO resigns, I'm like, why is that? I'm out. I don't want to hear that there's accounting irregularities a month from now. A CEO, I'm a little less, I'm out. But I think you get the idea. 
So this week, President Barack Obama's been in the news for basically firing Ben Bernanke, saying, you know, he stayed a lot longer than he wanted or was supposed to. He's probably not going to get renominated. He's not given the keynote at Jackson Hole this year. Janet Yellen is. A lot of people think Yellen's going to replace Bernanke. I once jokingly referred to Janet Yellen as the hottest investment banker or the hottest Federal Reserve banker. When you see a photo of her, you'll snicker. This is Rob Black and your money. Coming up, Dr. Jeff Rosen from briefing.com. It's briefing.com. a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing and more. Whether it's Charlie Sheen firing a coworker, brings up the thoughts of career. You only work from age 20 to 60. You only save for your retirement, in theory, from age 20 to 60. Some of it's in Social Security, but some of it should be in your nest egg as well. You have to ask questions, like you have to bring up these issues. Joining me now to talk issues, Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com. He's the chief economist. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? I'm Okay. Um, nothing too exciting. Fed meeting today kind of is going to change the markets a little later and kind of get things exciting. What are you expecting? Not much. I mean, uh, the market's been going a little crazy looking for any types of insight that the Fed may start tapering now or, or you know, at some time soon. And I just don't understand what all the fuss is about. I mean, realistically, the Fed needs to meet its target of, you know, full unemployment and low and stable but low inflation, and they're missing both targets by a lot. And to expect any type of tightening anytime soon, which, you know, a tapering of, of purchases would, would be, just seems, you know, wrong. Some people in my audience will email me on occasion, Dr. Rosen, and say something along the lines of, this is a fake economy, it's a Fed-driven economy, it's not real, it's going to end badly, you can only hide from the problem of employment for so long. How would you address that when addressing the Fed? Well, the Fed really can't do very much. I mean, that's the, the problem. You know, monetary policy can only really work when you can... Uh, attack rates, you know, with some sort of guaranteed mechanism. And when you're at the zero bound, you can't go negative. So there's nothing the Fed can do. So all it's trying to do is to raise inflation expectations and make it so that it's, you know, better to invest and better to spend today because, you know, your money may be wiped away with inflation tomorrow. And they're not succeeding on that for a variety of reasons. You know, some of it is just because, you know, everyone's so used to the Fed keeping inflation low that they just don't believe that the Fed's going to allow inflation to rise above, uh, you know, normal target guidelines. And you also have, you know, a fiscal policy that's 
contractionary and it's making things harder. So, you know, if you look at it in that way, there's really nothing the Fed can do. It's just kind of sitting here and hoping things get better. What do you expect or when do you expect tapering to start? Am I asking you to predict? Am I asking a crystal ball question? I mean, yeah, I think that really is a crystal ball question. I, okay. I think that if you're going to do it based on uh, the economic data, what we expect the economic data to be, I wouldn't think anything until 2014 at the minimum. I mean, you're so below in terms of inflation. I mean, the Fed wants inflation to be above 2%, close to 2.5%, and we're at 1.1%. You know, it's the lowest in something like 50-some years in terms of uh, annual growth. Uh, that's not acceptable. You know, we need more. So if you look at unemployment and you have unemployment at 7.5% and you want it down to at least 6.5%, you need to expand the monetary policy system. You have to... Uh, you know, be more accommodative. So to say that, you know, we're meeting any of these goals that would be normal in terms of tightening policy and gradually moving to a uh, a more normal monetary policy environment, we're just not there. What are you watching, economically speaking, that's got you worried or got you gleeful? Um, I mean, I, everything really right now is kind of combined. I mean, the, the biggest number is unemployment. I mean, the, the Fed has said that unemployment is key. They want inflation to go up. and They're not too worried about inflation. So if we believe that the Fed is, is going to move based on economic principles, the unemployment rate's what to look at. You know, I wrote a piece last week uh, that, you know, talked about that the unemployment rate actually may come down for demographic reasons, there might be some other stuff to start looking for. And if that's the case, we may start wanting to look more at, you know, how consumption and investment is moving directly. But until we get a, you know, a clear sign from the Fed that, you know, we're, we're, they're looking at something different, the unemployment rate is what you need to focus on. There was a report out or a story today in the LA Times, which basically means it was probably a Reuters article, talking about huge home price gains could start to go away as supply increases, but also tied towards the low interest, the ultra-low interest rates. Are the ultra-low interest rates good for the housing market, or did it artificially inflate it? I, I guess I'm coming back to the whole artificial thing today again and again and again. Yeah, I don't think anything's artificially inflated. I mean, what you look at is what you could afford to buy. So if interest rates are low, you could afford a higher uh, home value because your payment won't change. As interest rates go up, the affordability changes, so you're going to only be able to purchase something you know that's that's cheaper. You know, if we're talking real housing prices and we're seeing it, you know, going beyond because demand is increasing, you know, and, and supply is constrained, that that would be you know better idea. But you know, the idea that we're seeing growth because of low interest rates, I mean, it, it's real. It's it's not fiction. Do you think real estate prices go lower as short-term interest rates go higher? Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I think we're going to start seeing some uh, some of the growth in housing prices de slow down considerably. Another big story out there that's circulated in the last couple of weeks is China, and they're slowing growth, and their banks doing funny things, financially speaking, financially engineering their balance sheets. As an economist who's U.S.-based, how much 
attention do you pay to China, and how much do you trust China's information? I don't trust China's information at all. Anything okay. that comes out of their their state-run uh, statistics bureau, um, you can get some reasonable data from the IMF and so and from the uh, UN actually, if you want to get some other sources. But you know, in terms of how it's affecting us in our recovery, I don't see it having too much of a um, contagious effect. Anything else that we need to know? I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist of Briefing.com. Anything that you're working on that's relevant to our audience? Uh, not right now. I mean, I think that we're, we really want to see what the FOMC says today. I, I don't think we're going to get shocked. I don't think they're going to do anything, you know, that's going to signal any sort of tightening. But uh, it's still one of those things that you have to hear it from, the, you know, from the man himself, you know. So that's what we're going to focus on. One last question, because this is just fun for me, um, because I don't get to talk to economists every day. The recent IRS scandal, some people are starting to float balloons or concepts that maybe we go to a national sales tax. Do you think that could ever happen in your lifetime? I think it would be good if we did. Uh, I think a, a VAT tax is, is one of the better types of taxation and uh, in terms of what you need for uh, progressive regressive taxation forms and help out inequality. Will it happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of states like to, f- you know, the idea that they can manipulate their, you know, income streams. So it's one of those things where economically it makes more sense, but uh, politically probably not going to happen. Okay. Thanks very much. I appreciate the effort on, on the answer <laughs> of a hypothetical. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen. You can find him at briefing.com. Great work. One of the things that I use at briefing.com is the economic calendar. I look at the data previews. I look at the data reviews, as well as the economic insight. I highly recommend getting to know an economist and or studying the economy. Uh, It's fascinating to watch the mechanisms work, whether it be the mortgage index, the crude inventories, the Fed open market committee rate decision, what they're saying and why. If you care, why did, you know, Miami win the game last night? You have to ask the question is, why was Tim Duncan on the bench for so long when he dominated the game? That is inane to me. You're living vicariously through others. I'd prefer you live vicariously through your economy and study up as much as you can. So that's Patrick Patrick O'Hare on Tuesdays, Dr. Jeff Rosen on Wednesdays. I hope you like these segments. They're fun for me. Plenty of insight whether it be gold or interest rates or everything in between tied towards the economy. So the SP 500 is down one, the Dow is down nine, the NASDAQ down three. Oil? Oh, that's the question I wanted to ask him. Why is oil high if everyone's talking about world economy slowing? The AMA today has officially recognized obesity as a disease, which kind of kills me. It's going to induce physicians to pay more attention to the condition and spur insurers to pay more for treatments. I gain weight when I eat pizza. I gain weight when I eat out a lot. I don't know if obesity is a disease. I know it has disease-related symptoms tied towards diabetes, particularly, and heart disease. It's the question. It's semantic to me. You know, but now that there's a universally agreed upon definition of, of the disease, it's intriguing to me. The AMA has no legal authority. Some doctors and obesity advocates 
have said that having the nation's largest physician group make the de- declaration would focus, you know, on some cures. It could help improve reimbursement for obesity drugs and obesity surgeries and counseling. My mother is diabetic and, you know, type 2 diabetes. She got it late in life when she gained weight. Doctor sent me. He's like, you know, you need to go see a nutritionist. That wasn't covered by my insurance, but now it could be. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Ultimately, I think it's a good thing. I think it could cut some costs out of our healthcare system if we as a nation lost weight. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You're just Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW Traffic. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I am Rob Black. I love the haters. So feel free to send me the emails about why the economy is going to go to, to heck in a handbasket. I look forward to them. <sighs> Janet Yellen. She's on the brink of becoming one of the most powerful women in the world. She is given the keynote at Jackson Hole this year stage that's become more and more important for signaling big shifts in monetary policy. The Jackson Hole Summit is a key driver of economic dynamics, not only in America, but also in the world. Janet Yellen is widely tipped as the frontrunner to replace Bernanke when his term expires in January. It's widely expected that she'll become the first woman ever to chair the Federal Reserve. It's probably the most powerful policy-making role in the world. And of course, unless you follow the Fed, you've never heard of her. She's a thoughtful and brilliant economist, which has allowed her to rise to the power of position that she's in currently. She's climbed the Fed ranks by a methodical approach. She's not iconoclastic. She shows up at policy meetings with carefully crafted statements. She arrives at airports hours early so she can do work. She's very low-key. Her depth of understanding is huge. I think she's a mile deep. She's worked with the academic elite, which makes me a little bit freaked out because I want policymakers to not only be academically smart, but to be real world smart. She was faculty at London School of Economics for two years. She's worked as a faculty member at the University of California, Berkeley, until she recently became appointed to the Federal Reserve Governor's Board in 1994. Anyhow, long story short, I'm interested in seeing her get the position. She's been known to say that a little inflation is a good thing. I totally agree with that statement. 
I'm not trying to craft my life after her life in any way, shape, or form, nor am I trying to take credit for her smart statements. Persistently below target inflation readings have provided support for the argument the Fed should continue with its controversial bond buying program. I think she'll be a little bit more friendly to the economy and the stock market than Ben Bernanke, who came very late to the decision to lower interest rates during the recession of 2008. Some people thought it was brought on. I mostly agree with that statement. Anyhow, and anyway, I think recessions are good things and normal things, so I don't freak out about them. Hopefully you don't as well. The S&P 500 is down 1 this morning. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 17. The NASDAQ down 3. Gold sits at 13.73 an ounce. A lot of people expect it to retrace down to 13.25 before potentially putting in a bottom. Some people see the bottom in the 1200s. Oil's down fractions this morning. $98 a barrel. Mortgage rates rise again, and yet they're still considered a bargain. We're waiting for the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee statement at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Then we're waiting to hear Ben Bernanke talk. 30 minutes after the statement comes out. What's he going to say? Men's Warehouse ousted their founder and executive chairman. Um, that's interesting to me. We're learning a little bit more about the NSA's programs. It's interesting that if you told every American we're going to record the time in the country of any phone calls that you make, everyone would be like, that's cool. But when you don't tell us about it, it's not cool. One of the best days of my life happened today as HBO Go and ESPN streaming are now available on Apple TV. I know you're saying, you're not, seriously, that's the best day of your life. Yep. I would be incredibly careful. Um, And why is it the best day of my life? Because I like the concept of not having to sit on the couch to watch content. I don't like the, the modern day living room. It's not a couch environment. What's interesting, right now there's a a legal case going on tied towards electronic books and price fixing over at Apple. And what's compelling about it is emails that he sent, mysterious emails, are showing up in court. Even though the emails were never actually sent. Government prosecutors are saying that this establishes a pattern of Apple serving as a ringleader in a conspiracy with publishers to force the retail book industry to adopt higher prices of ebooks. Apple forced publishers to change their pricing system with Amazon. Apple maintains that it was indifferent to Amazon's contracts with the publishers, but all the draft emails responded to a message from Q outlining the emerging price of Apple ebooks, which would be twelve ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine up from the 999 that Amazon had sold. How careful do you need to be with information you put on Facebook? Incredibly careful. Again, emails drafted, not sent. 
from a dead man are being used in court. He can't even say, he can't even defend them. Talk about taking things out of context. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. I'll be doing the 1 to 2 show today on KDOW 1220. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Savvy investors know where to find the best possible investment advice. And according to the financial experts at U.S. News & World Report, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.